It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? It is Thursday night. It is time for Behind the Glass with Earl the Pearl, Anthony Antonelli. I am Mikey McNuggets. And guys, we have had some tremendous success on the Behind the Glass podcast on days we've had breaking news or new news to bite into. And tonight we are blessed because Kareem Hunt signed with the Browns during the show and he spoke to the media at about 4.30, 5 o'clock today, which means the UCSS panel squad group of folks and contingent of people has not had a chance to speak on what the newest member of the Cleveland Browns said today, and that is what we are biting into as we start. We're going to give everybody a few minutes to get in here, but let's start with how my boys are doing tonight. Earl, what's current, man? How you doing? I'm great. We had a great show today. Um, numbers was great. Shout out to y'all for y'all support. Um, feeling good. Excited to talk about Kareem Hunt on an extended version. Uh, it's been a couple of other moves. I know. I think Cam Akers just got, got traded, traded to the Minnesota Vikings. Yep. And uh, I don't know. At the fan uh, interaction, got some fantasy football events, man. Let's do it. Anthony, how you doing, bro? Oh, I'm still trying to catch up on sleep for Monday night. But other than that, I am feeling great. I texted you guys and everyone on the panel last night at 730 saying I was turning my phone off at 8. I was going to bed. I took two Z-Quills, and I was out. I was asleep by 9.40 last night, and then I woke up at 7 o'clock this morning. I can't tell you, and I'm not kidding, the last time I slept that much uninterrupted since I was like seven years old. I'm a terrible sleeper, so it's not that uncommon that I sleep like crap, but it was unbelievable. I highly recommend Z-Quills. I think people don't realize, like – Sponsor us. The dedication and – you know, we went into that type of turnaround. You know, we did a show that day. We watched the game. The first quarter was an hour long in itself. You know, we do the post game. That was the longest. Oh, my goodness gracious. Man, people don't even know what time I left the studio. Tell them. You know, I left I left the studio at 2.30 in the morning. Yeah. I built half the graphics I was responsible for right after we did the uh, post game show. Left here at 2.30. Got up, took the kid to school. Uh, came right back. We all yeah. got back to it. We we might have did close to 150 graphics, you know, throughout that day. And so, like, that's uh, that's dope, man. That's the dedication. We're a hell of a team when we want to be. Yeah, and we do it for you guys. And I already see people in the chat. I want to give us a few shout-outs real quick. I see Evan419, Devontae, Chris. Creative Juice. Rodney, Creative Juice. Appreciate you guys tuning in. There's others out there. Those are the names I see in the chat as we speak. As you guys have questions regarding Kareem Hunt, regarding Earl's fantasy dilemmas, regarding Anthony's dating life, whatever. Feel free to drop it in the chat at the end of the show. We're going to answer all your guys' fan questions. Uh, specifically, hey, Anthony, listen, we love Bree, and she's doing wonderful, so there's not really any updates. Uh, if you want to give everyone <laughs> sure. updates, I know they're curious. You and Bree going strong as ever, right? Doing fine. 
There you go. So don't ask about his uh, lady situation. He is happily in a relationship, and Bree's a big UCSS fan, and we love Bree too. So shout out to Bree. Shout out to Miss Nuggets, uh, Earl. We want to let's give a shout out to Earl's daughter too. She's a superstar. Yeah, all right. So she's the goat. She's the um, goat. Yeah, we're gonna get into it. Uh, Anthony told me my mic's a little echoey, which means I forgot. Yeti. There now, you go. There you go. That's much better. There and listen, that's that's what makes this go. We are. Uh, a work in progress on the fly every day. We make mistakes on graphics because we're humans. <laughs> we forget to turn our mics on because we're humans, and we like to uh, we like to analyze and give you guys the truth about what we think, what we hear, what we see. And today's going to be a little bit of a truth session. I know I come from a different perspective than these guys on some of this stuff, and we're going to get into it. And in about thirty seconds, we will dive deep into the Kareem Hunt signing, what he said today, and how we feel about the Browns. Moving forward, uh, we do have one question to start here. We got one from Adam Baker, and then we'll get into Kareem Hunt. Is that all right with you guys? If we yeah, let's do it that way. One, it's I'm not about Kareem Hunt. Adam Baker says, why do we only have Deshaun Watson throwing to the sidelines, not throwing to the middle? Every throw is to the sidelines only. It's so frustrating. Uh, Earl, you want to you start? I, I have an idea, but I'm not sure it's agreeing with that. I think I more disagree with Adam on that, but you want to start? Um, I, I don't think every throw is to the sidelines only. I know it kind of looked that way in the Pittsburgh game, but if you go back and you just watch the all 22 of both games, you saw a little bit of everything. You know, I think that, you know, I would love to see them, you know, throw that thing over the middle, kind of open it up more that way. But I, I really don't know. To be totally honest with you, I know that, you know, Stefanski costs whatever. He has to feed them the audible. And uh, Watson is going to do what he's comfortable with. So, yeah. So I went through essentially the whole game today looking for one specific play Tyvis wanted in the All-22. So I actually saw this game from angles that you don't see on TV. There were guys open in the middle. Stefanski definitely had guys open. Part of the issue was uh, the offensive line wasn't giving Deshaun enough time to go through his progressions to find those guys. And also, as Tyvis alluded to today in his Coach Tyvis segment, which if you missed it, highly recommend go back and watching. He did a phenomenal job kind of explaining some of the issues, but it, it just seems like Deshaun is a tad bit hesitant to let it fly. He sees it with his eyes, but he's not confident yet in what he's seeing, and that's why he's a half step late. And on the sidelines, that's just one less defender you have to worry about. So I think he's just a little more hesitant to let the ball rip across the middle, but I expect that to change not only this week against Tennessee, but as he continues to play more in this Kevin Stefanski offense. You guys ready? It's Kareem Hunt time. And actually, it's before Kareem Hunt, it's Evan419 time because he's right. Hit that like button. If you're in the chat, if you're watching, we appreciate you guys. Hit that like button. And uh, like, love, hate, Kareem Hunter Brown. Anthony, your initial thoughts on the Clevelander returning home? Uh, I'm excited. I I have no statistical reason to be excited. It is pure emotion, and I'm not going to lie about that. But if there was ever – skill-wise, nobody's going to replace Hunt, or uh, replace Chubb. It's not going to happen, even if we traded for Jonathan Taylor. I don't think he's on that level. No one is. At least this is the hometown kid, and if he can come back and get this team winning alongside Deshaun Watson, I, I'm fully behind it. I don't see a real downside to it, especially with how well Ford played towards the end of the game. I mean, for me, man, Kareem Hunt is like me, a local Clevelander, a, a dude that grew up here, grew up with Cleveland Browns fans. Uh, for the last four or five years that he's been here, you know, he's talked on numerous occasions about wanting to contribute to win a championship here in Cleveland. And, you know, I'm not a professional athlete, but I know my fandom. So I can only imagine what it's like to, you know, 
get the opportunity to play in the NFL and to play for your favorite team and to understand the history of the championship drought and want to contribute to that. Um, to me, like that's exciting and I'm excited for him. You know, he did have a couple offers. Who knows? I think, you know, he said today, maybe this was part of God's plan of, of bringing him back here. This is clearly where he wanted to be at. Um, I don't know what it's going to look like initially, if I'm being totally honest, but I do know a few things. And Typhus alluded to this earlier today that him and Nick Tubb, man, they brothers, so they, they're boys. And, you know, when one of your boys go down, that can be a motivational factor that might rev the engine up a little bit more. You know, sitting on free agency this entire time, that might be another hidden motivational factor that might rev the engine up a little bit more. And, um, you know, so there's the emotional side of this that might go into things. I've talked in the past about, you know, having that chip on your shoulder. So I'm excited for him. I know as we go through the show, we're going to break down expectations and things like that. But initial reactions, uh, I'm excited for him, man. Hometown dude, back with the team he want to be with. Let's get it. And he got his number back. So shout out to him. Uh, Anthony Earl. What do we always say is the motto of UCS? Who, who do we do this show? Who do we put in all the hours? Who do we put in the extra work for? For the people. The fans. So I'm going to ask the chat. Y'all want what I really believe or y'all want what you want to hear? If you put a <laughs> one in the chat, I'll tell you what I really believe. If you put two in the chat, I'll tell y'all what I know you guys want to hear. So I'll give that a second. One for a uh, dose of true serum from McNuggets. Two for I'm just going to tell you guys what I know you want to hear, and we'll go through that. Gee, I'll let what up, brother? Those. I'll let a couple of those go. And I see G Bush in the books, uh, in the chat. What up G hope you're feeling better. Yeah. Get hope well soon, are, brother. Uh, hope you are recovering. Well, uh, I see lots. All right. We're going to rip the bandaid off. Yeah, I'm going to be totally once. honest with you guys. I thought before Kareem you go, what don't kill my boy too much. Go ahead. No, let him have it. Honestly. No, listen, I thought Kareem Hunt looked washed last year. I did. He didn't look explosive to me. I was telling the guys, Every time he touched the ball, I wanted to see Jerome Ford get those carries. By about week five, six last season, it just looked like he was half a step slow from where he needed to be. Anytime he got to the outside, he was getting dragged down from behind. It was like watching Najee Harris on Monday Night Football. Could he pick up a couple yards here and there? Yes. Was there any explosive factor whatsoever? No. And he didn't have the elusiveness that he once had back in Kansas City or earlier in his Browns tenure where I thought he was, frankly, that effective. I mean, he averaged 3.8 yards per carry last year. That is 0.4 yards below the league average. And last season was the highest yard per carry across the NFL that running backs had ever seen. It was never easier for running backs to pick up yards than it was last year in the NFL. And Kareem Hunt was way under the yards per carry average at 3.8 in the NFL. He's a year older. He hasn't had training camp. I have not seen him since the celebrity softball game. He said he lost 10 pounds. I hope he's in great shape. Tyvis told us today you need three running backs to suit up, so I fully expect him for him to be suited up against Tennessee. But I just want to tell you all, in my two cents, my personal opinion, I hope he plays well because when the Browns win, it's good for business. I love when the Browns win. It is better. However, if you think Kareem Hunt's going to come in here and change the look of the Browns' offense or supplant Jerome Ford as RB1 and take carries away from Ford. I think you're fooling yourself. I really do. Like the Browns, and let me, I'll put this this way and then you guys can answer. Yeah. The Browns had a choice this offseason to keep Kareem Hunt for cheap or let him walk because they believed in Jerome Ford. What'd they do? They let Kareem Hunt. Walk. I mean, they let him they go. Had a chance to br- but... They had a chance to bring Kareem Hunt back 
a month ago before training camp when they decided Felton wasn't the answer, uh, John Kelly wasn't the answer. He was out there for cheap. What'd they do? They traded a draft pick for Pierre Strong. Like, I'm just telling you, they had plenty of opportunities to bring Kareem Hunt back prior to this and decided to go elsewhere. Now he's back. I hope it works out. I hope I'm proven wrong, but I'm keeping my expectations very low for a guy who I know is quite popular in Cleveland. Hey, Mike, let me ask you something, man. I'm, put it to you, Ray. I'm not going to ask you anything. I'm just going to put this out there. <laughs> you know, you ever been in a relationship with somebody, it don't work out, you spend some time apart, and then you realize, man, like, this is a person that's really meant for me and, and I am meant for them. You know, that's what this situation is. You know, I think that there was a lot of tension in the air last year that had nothing to do with, you know, what happened on the football field. You know, Kareem Hunt wanted to be uh, – first he wanted a brand-new contract. And I remember mm-hmm. being on the air at the fan hosting the show the day that Kareem Hunt demanded a trade. And so there was things going on behind the scenes that created a lot of frustration, I think, both ways. We heard multiple reports about at that time the relationship be, uh, being damaged. And, you know, they spent some time apart. Clearly the, the relationship – it's not over. It's, it's not as damaged as we thought it was. And, you know, with a healed heart and, and a motivated a motivated Kareem Hunt, who knows, man, we, we might see a situation to where he can regain at least at minimum his 2021 form when he was here in Cleveland. I think that people do need to temper their expectations a little bit initially. You know, what you hope is that Kareem Hunt is in shape. It's going to take him a while to get into some game shape. He alluded to himself, you know, getting hit yep. around and, and things like that. But, the, you know, the positives is, is that he's a veteran running back. You know, he didn't he did ran for over 4,000 yards. He done accumulated over 40 total touchdowns in his career. You know, Jay Crawford talked about it earlier today. He's had one career fumble. And, yeah. you know, he, he t- and, and what's crazy <laughs> is it came in his first career game. And what's mm-hmm. crazier than that, I think that's his only fumble through his collegiate and NFL career. And so he's, this is a dude. He's, he's fumbled. That was his only lost fumble. Yeah, only fumble lost fumble. Lost. So yeah, this yeah. is a dude who, who, you know, he still brings that 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 veteran mentorship. He's been in the NFL for a very long time. He can help Jerome Ford. Jerome Ford for now was running back one. You know, if if Kareem Hunt can, you know, come back and you know just be what half of what he was at his prime. You know, who knows? He might surpass Jerome Ford as running back one. But what I'm looking for. It's for him to just come in and contribute however he's asked to contribute. I don't have this expectation of him being a lead back, running for 10 touchdowns and close to 1,000 yards this year. I don't. I think that this is going to be a total team effort as far as, you know, the three running backs that's on the roster. And they're going to collectively go out there and try to get the job done every week. And if he can contribute to that, then great, you know. But clearly there was still something there that they brought him back. So, you know, they dated other people. It didn't work out. They went back to hunt. It'd be like that sometimes. I, I see one comment. Uh, it said, McNugget, what sport you play? I played college basketball. So before y'all come and say I never did nothing, I played college <laughs> basketball. What'd you play, Angelo Stowers? What'd you play? Uh, <laughs> just saying. But hey, I told you, everyone has their own opinion. Kareem wanted a chance. He had, what, four interviews with other teams this offseason. So clearly there was a little bit of interest in his services. He did not sign with any of those teams, which we all thought at the time was kind of weird. Like he was waiting for something to open up. And maybe this is the perfect homecoming situation a team with a position of need in a player that was looking to come back he talked about mending fences um with parts of the team and some of the people in the front office and it appears that all 
things are good. I have his exact quote on that real quick, and I'll read it to you guys. But someone asked him today at his uh, press conference, did you have to mend any fences? Obviously, there was talked about a trade at one point. You asked to be traded. Have you guys let it go? Have you cleared it up? Have you smoothed everything over? And then Kareem said, quote, this is a quote from Kareem Hunt today. Like I said, we get along. I have mad respect for everybody in this building. It was never to that point. So it was good to see everybody talk over expectations and things like that. I just am willing to come in, help how I can, help this team win. I'm willing to come in, do whatever it takes to help this team win. My biggest thing is to help them win a Super Bowl. That is exactly what you want to hear from a guy you're bringing in with the expectation. And, and Kevin Stefanski said today, point blank period, clear. Jerome Ford's RB1. Like, that's not changing. So to bring in a guy with that mentality, at least to start as running back three, running back two, whatever it takes, then that's the mentality. I think you're downplaying it a little bit, though. I think you're making the same, like uh, you said, that's exactly what you want to hear from a guy that you're bringing in. But Kareem Hunt been saying that since he's been here in Cleveland. Like, that's, that's been his bottom line since he's been here. And as we started the show talking about, you know, he's a native Clevelander that grew up a Browns fan that just happened to be good enough to make it to the NFL and with some twists and turns through his career, ended up on a team that he grew up loving. So him saying that today is kind of, to me, I don't look at it as that's exactly what you want to hear from a guy that you're bringing in. I look at it as this is a dude that knows his organization from a fan's perspective and a player's perspective that's doubling down on what he's been saying for the last four years. Yeah, I also, too, you guys, Mike, you're going with numbers here. Earl, you're coming from a fan's perspective. I just want to, like, the shock of losing Nick Chubb, you saw it in everybody's face Monday. Oh, yeah. Like, bringing in someone who's familiar, friendly with the team, who knows these people, who has that kind of attitude, it could maybe help alleviate some of that shock just in general. He might not be the focal point of why we win, but it could really help the morale build back up after this. And can I be honest, too? Like, I just because I don't think Kareem Hunt's, that good anymore i think he was the best bet they had like in all honesty like i know we talked about cam Akers. he just got traded for a six round pick i'd rather have kareem hunt for an incentive-based contract for more four billion dollars than giving up a pick especially when he come in immediately he knows the playbook can play they were never going to trade uh they were never going to trade for jonathan taylor that all made sense in the perfect madden world but when you kind of took into consideration the fact that he wants a long-term contract, the Browns probably weren't going to be able to give him that long-term contract. That didn't make sense. So Kareem Hunt was the best of a bad option. I just don't think any of the options were great. And and at the by, end of the day, like we're talking about replacing the best running back in football. The combination of like seven starting running backs in football is at Nick Chubb. You know what I mean? Like, like you could take James Cook, Brees Hall. Just take every AFC East running back and put them together, and it's not as good as Nick Chubb. So to think anyone's going to come in here and fill 20% of what Nick Chubb would do at this point of the season was unrealistic. You're looking for a guy who's going to come in, get five, six, seven carries a game, maybe, and it comes down to Deshaun Watson. It's going to be more of a pass-happy offense now, which in today's NFL is is pretty common. But does that really benefit the Browns, though? Because I, I, I don't know. I think the fact that Kareem Hunt actually does know the playbook, I don't think they're about to go to like this crazy pass happy offense. We just sat here and talked about on on a post game show that regardless of Deshaun Watson having the contract that he have or this offense quote unquote being geared to his style, 
I mean, you could just look with your own two eyes and see that the Cleveland Browns are best offensively when the run game is a focal point. Oh, oh I'm, I'm not disagreeing. With, I'm not disagreeing. No, no, no. So I'm, I'm saying I, I just don't. I think that with Chuck, you're saying that because Chubb went down that now, OK, this is might be more pass happy. And I'm saying that because Kareem Hunt actually knows the playbook, you bring in a back that's familiar with the system already, even if he's not the lead back. I just don't. The fact that you signed him, I don't think it alters things that much. Now, to your point, the combination of the three, you know, is nowhere near on the level of Nick Chubb. What, we say 50%? Those three combined, is it 50% of Chubb? I'm not doing that. I'm just going to tell you that it, it, that combined is not Chubb, but I think it's serviceable. I think yeah. it's serviceable. And I really don't think that it changes the offense too much for the simple fact he knows the organization, he knows the system. A lot of these dudes, he's he's very familiar with. So, well, let, let me let me ask you this though: without Chubb, let, take take out take Hunt out of the equation. Let's say they signed any anybody, okay. Acres, whoever. You don't think the offense was going to change just based out of the fact that Nick Chubb is no longer in the equation, regardless of who that third running back in the stable was? I think that it depends on who the uh, third running back is. If they would have went out and traded for a Cam Acres or a Michael Carter from the New York Jets or something like that, then you know maybe you would have shifted how you go about your game plan, at least until that running back got familiar with the offense. But because Kareem Hunt already knows the offense, I don't think you have to alter too much. You just need to let Kareem Hunt kind of get his feet up under him and let him get himself in the game shape. But, you know, again, I don't, I've never perceived it that just because Deshaun Watson comes with, you know, the persona of being Deshaun Watson and the contract and everything that comes with him, that this was going to be this over-the-top pass-happy system. And I think that the more that people kept hearing this offense is geared towards Deshaun Watson and he has the keys that psychologically, like, we defaulted to, okay, this is a pass-dominant offense. The reality, though, it's been pretty balanced if you combine the two games. But the, the offense is better when the run game is still a, a, a priority. And I think it's going to continue to be a priority I just don't think you have to shift too much because of the running back that you signed. I just think without a, a true bell cow in the backfield and Ford will be fine. If you think Hunt will be fine, whatever, but neither is anywhere of the caliber as a guy that you can lean on consistently, at least from what we've seen. Stefanski going to go to a more pass happy playbook, regardless of how we've seen Watson play, because I just think that's more consistent. But I wonder if somebody's a basketball analogy. It, Imagine Watson is Allen Iverson in this situation, right? And Allen Iverson played on the Sixers as the lead dog. Everything was on his back, his shoulders. Then he got traded and played in Detroit and Denver, or he was one of a couple, right? He was with Carmelo Anthony in uh, in Denver, and then he was with whoever he was with in, in Detroit at the back end of their, of their tail run. Iverson was at his best when he knew it was all on him. Right, like, hey, I have to score 35 tonight or we have no chance to win because I'm running with Eric Snow, Aaron McKee, Dikembe Mutombo, like guys who can't really score. It's on me to lead this offense. When Deshaun was in Houston, that was kind of the situation he was in. He never had a great running back. His offensive line was pretty piss poor, for being honest. He, had he was one of the top three sack quarterbacks in the whole like, like first four-year tenure. Yeah. His whole tenure. His receiver, he had DeAndre Hopkins – for most of his time in Houston, then he got traded away. But outside of Hopkins, it's never like he had a dynamic, deep receiving core. He always had one guy who could who could ball. He had Fuller. He had uh, uh, Brandon Cooks in that last year. But it was never like a deep threat of receiving options. 
And Watson kind of put on the Superman cape and said, hey, if it's not on me, we have no chance. And he kind of performed best in those situations. And now I'm curious, with Nick Chubb being out, if Watson mentally doesn't go back to that kind of mentality to where it's, he puts it on himself, and we'll see if he can deliver. But I think that's the mindset he has to go back into if the Browns are going to have a successful season here. I just think he needs to play better. I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you that that might not need to be the case, but he just needs to play better. You know, I think uh, it's been a lot of comments coming my way on Twitter. It's been a lot of comments and here. Nothing matters if Deshaun Watson doesn't play better. And like, you know, no disrespect to nobody, but I think that's being captain obvious. Like, right. We all know that. We all know that Deshaun Watson needs to play much better than what he's played in order for the Browns to have any type of success or any type of shot at making the playoffs or even advancing in the playoffs. And so, yeah, Mike, you're right. You know, Ford got to step up. He has to take command of this team, regardless of who the Browns signed today. You're the leader now. You know, the, the people are looking at you when it comes to the offense of you got to carry us. You got to carry this unit. You know, the defense is doing their part. And for you to be a captain on this team and the quarterback, like, you know, that unit is going to be looking across at you as well, looking like, okay, for show turn, what you going to do? And so I definitely think that, you know, since that happened and the days that's passed that, that he's been at home or at the facility, I'm pretty sure he's thought about it. And, you know, it's been a lot that has went through his mind about, okay, what do I need to do to be a better uh, teammate and, and more productive teammate, you know, for, for my guys out there. And I, I don't see him doing nothing but trying to put his best foot forward in that light. Let's look ahead to Tennessee in terms of Kareem Hunt. We all agree he'll probably suit up because they need a third running back. Mm-hmm. Do you think he ends up getting more carries or targets in the game on Friday? I mean, on Sunday, excuse me. Hmm. I'm going to say with the O-line playing like it is in the week past defense of Tennessee, might get more targets. Might only be by one or two, but. I'm going to say he'll get more targets. It'll be interesting to see how this week of practice go for him. Um, We know that the one thing that, Kareem Hunt is great at is catching the ball out the backfield. And he's very, very, he's damn good at picking up the blitz. You know, that's why Kareem Hunt was always, yeah, yeah, he was always there on on third downs. And so, you know, as, as Anthony just alluded to, you're coming in facing, correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, I think what the second, the the second, the last. They are, they are tied for second, tied for third in the league, excuse me, against the run. They only allow 65 yards per game through two. They are tied for 28th in the league. 28 against the pass, yeah. they're giving up 281 passing yards per game. And so, like, you know, just, just knowing that, I think that, you know, maybe we might see that pass game out the, out the running back position exploited a little bit more now, now that Kareem Hunt is back. But his usage, honestly, will be determined on, you know, how, how ready he is. Yeah. I've seen some uh, pictures and videos on Instagram and on Twitter earlier today that, you know, do has been working. You know, over the last couple months, he, he's been here working. He's been at Toledo working a little bit. So he's been doing the things that he has to do. We know that he had a visit with the Colts. He had a visit with the Saints. So this is a dude that was clearly trying to get paid and wanted to pre- resume his career. And he clearly t- is taking it serious. So. If there's one thing we know about Kevin Stefanski, it's that he never listens to the media. At least he never admits he does. But in the back of his head, I do feel like Kevin Stefanski hears some certain things. Mm-hmm. And one thing that's been constant since the start of the season is where the hell's the screen game been? 
And if there's one player in this team now, in this locker room, that has more experience in a Kevin Stefanski screen game system, playbook, knowledge of that part of whatever chapter of the playbook that is, uh-huh. it's Kareem Hunt. Because guess what his specialty has been the last two years? That little screen game. So yeah. it would not surprise me. You know, we, we're going to do a fence rider question, and I'm not going to give you exactly the question yet, but it's about Kareem Hunt and his carries on uh, on Sunday. I think he gets one carry and three targets. I think he has two catches for, you know, 20-something yards and one carry. But I, I think he's going to be utilized at least early on more in the uh, more in the screen game, especially because I think he'll be on the field in passing situations. He may not be fully in game shape, but I trust him as a blocker today, like right now, Oh, totally more than I do Jerome Ford and Pierre Strong. So if nothing else, on third down situations, I think he'll be in the game. And whether it's a design screen or a chip block and then he slips out, I think he'll be able to have at least one or two targets just based off of that situation. So I would go more targets than carries, but I don't think he'll be used all that often, especially in his first game back, because as you guys alluded to, he still has to get in game shape. He may be in shape, but in shape and game shape are not the same thing. Yeah, True. I agree. I agree. And, you know, to your point, especially, I mean, we, Lord knows we can use all the pass protection help, you know, that, that, that we can. And so, like, I think that, you know, him being back, especially with how bad Jed Wills has been, you know, you're going to need that, that, that extra chipper that's not necessarily on the line of scrimmage. And so it definitely helped in a pass game. And, um, you know, I, I'm looking for the offense as a unit to be better, you know, but when it comes to Kareem Hunt, being back in Cleveland, uh, we don't know how it's going to look on the field, but it damn sure settled the nerves of the majority of Cleveland Browns fans, right? This is a guy that they know, they love, they're very familiar with. He's one of us. And so when a, a Clevelander see a Clevelander get another opportunity to ball out, do his thing, and contribute to this team winning, they all for it. And the fact that him and Nick Chubb has the relationship that they have, like, there, there's that there's that sentimental value to this whole situation. And again, I, I get it, Mike. You know, heart don't show up in the stats. You know, chip on your shoulder, it don't show up in the stats, man. But to me, and you know how I am, those attributes and those intangibles and those factors that are hidden, those things matter so much. And yeah. like, you, you, we've seen every player on the Browns talk about going out there and playing for 24, going out there and playing for their brother. And everybody knows that he Nick Chubb had – he had no closer relationship to anybody on his team than he had with Kareem Hunt. If anybody can get Kareem uh, – Nick Chubb to smile, it was Kareem Hunt. And Kareem talked about you know, watching Nick Chubb go down live on TV and how his heart broke for his brother. Like, that's a motivational factor. Like, you know what, bro? You, 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 you heal up. You do what you got to do. I'm coming back. I got you. I, I'm going to contribute to this. And I'm looking at this entire team, and, you know, they're talking that talk. I just hope they go out there and walk it. If you if you all, all are all saying you're going out here and you're playing for 24, man, then you got to approach this thing every day in practice and every day on game day like 24 would. Leave it all out there on the field every single game. Anthony, we can't play tag boards through Restream, can we? Uh, I don't have it set up, but I can have it set up for next week. All right. Well, then I'm going to tell everybody, 
after we're done, do not do it now. Don't turn us off. But after we're done, go to the Cleveland Browns Twitter account and check out the video of Anthony Walker coming in after Kareem Hunt to the Browns media availability today. That tells you everything you need to know about how Kareem Hunt was viewed and valued inside the Cleveland Browns locker room. Now, he may have had his tips with the front office. He may have had his tips with coaching staff, how he was used. In that locker room with the guys that he went to war with, he was a very, very popular player. A very popular player. And when you lose a guy like Nick Chubb, who may have been the most popular player, it does help to have another guy back who you can count on, who you know, who you know you can go to war with. You know, I look at it like from a work perspective. Earl, you were off leading up to the first game. You had your <laughs> wedding. You were officiating your wedding. Me and Anthony, you know, we felt like we had lost our Nick Chubb. Oh, and my then, God. And then that was... back, Earl comes back in Monday, the following Monday. And I was like, damn, we got our boy back. Like we, And there is a morale boost. And I'm not sure if morale boost equals an extra yard per carry on the field. But guess mm-hmm. what? I'd much rather go into this situation feeling good about the guy we brought in than not. And at least in this case, for the Browns, for the city of Cleveland, for Browns Nation, for the Dog Pound, if they like, love, want Kareem Hunt here, he might have been the best option anyway. So just because I don't think he's the same Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt he was a few years ago, I don't think it was a bad move. I just – I guess I that, mean, you're not wrong in saying that, though. Yeah. I mean, he he's not the same Kareem Hunt that he was a couple of years ago. But the more that I've kind of let this settle in and, and, and gave it some thought, I think that there's just other factors that might attribute to more being in the tank than I initially thought was. You know, when, when we talk about him sitting out there on free agency, it's not like he didn't have offers. And if if Kareem Hunt truly felt like, that this was as good as it's going to get, I think he would have taken one of those offers. Well, hey, let me ask you. Let me ask you this. What's up? And I apologize for cutting you off, but this. Uh, why don't you think he took those offers? Because I, I've racked my brain around it. You, he couldn't predict this happening to Nick Chubb. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he could have predict this happening. And I'm not trying to say I'm inside his head. Something just tells me he didn't want to be nowhere else but here. And I know yeah. that sounds crazy, no, no, at, but I think, I think the same thing. Like, I think he was ready to walk away from football if like, it wasn't the Browns. It was like, man, I want to play for my team. Yeah, he he said he was just he felt like he was on a path to come back. Like that was one of the things he said today in his interview that Mary Kay posted. So what? So what do you think happened? Let's. I know we can't put ourselves in someone's head, but just for the sake of this exercise, what do you think Kareem Hunt was feeling when they traded for Pierre Strong? Pissed. Yeah, frustrated. Like he probably wasn't happy. I, I he mean, was, he was pissed. He was frustrated. Yeah. Hey, sometimes patience pays off, and and I tell you, I think he was ready to walk away. You don't, you don't, you don't go from unemployed to turning down three to four offers if you're not willing just to walk away. It's not like Listen, he needed the money, right? Because if he needed I, the money, he would have signed with Indy, exactly, or true. whatever. So I'm telling you, man, it's this it's this one of those true love situations, man. His heart was with the Cleveland Browns. He didn't want another team. He was willing to just stay by himself if he wasn't going to be with the Browns. And like I said, they went through what they went through. Clearly the relationship, like, it's still something there. And so here they are trying again. It was like the same. You go through some stuff apart before you come back together. Yeah. And so, you you know, you talk about they, they tried other options. 
Andrew Barry still came knocking on his door. Yeah. He picked up the phone and called him. And it's yeah. I'm somehow talking myself into your side of this, but like <laughs> you know, I you know I've been, you know I've been in Cleveland for you know 18 months now. I've, you know, I wasn't born here, but Cleveland's become like a second home. And you know, from someone who's not born in Cleveland, when you hear about Cleveland, you know, expectations are low. Like a lot of what you hear about Cleveland isn't great till you get here. And I can see now why Clevelanders are so enamored with this guy because he's one of them. Yeah. Like true and true. Like Earl, uh, you said you'll never leave the city. Yeah. Right? Like if you got a radio offer in, in Charlotte, like you ain't listen, leaving. Man, listen. Three months you, the same way. It's just y'all right y'all here. Heard I, this. I, I guess I kind of get I've talked myself into getting it. I've talked listen. myself into get. How about this? I talked myself, and I haven't even got you the stats yet, but I've talked myself into believing that he was the only choice. It wasn't an option. It was cream hunt or nothing. Man, listen, when you're from the land and you really love it here, it's different. I, I want to have a successful career. I want to make exactly. I want to make millions of dollars. I want to build a studio for for like sports media, similar to what Tyler Perry got in Atlanta, here in Cleveland. When I purchase my big house, I'm purchasing it in the heart of Cleveland, not in no suburbs. Like I love my city, and I get the same vibe from Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt got millions of dollars. <laughs> he is always here. Like that's that's just the truth. <laughs> Sorry, look, look, man. Damien, you know what I'm talking about. He like, man, listen, let me go on home, man. Ain't nothing out here in these streets, man. Like, AD was probably like, look, the market is it got it got you know what in it. Like, let me go ahead and go on home and see what's going on. So, yeah, like, like, like I said, man, me and you have seen him in the city, and it's not like he can be anywhere he want to be. This dude is home. He's been yeah. here. Like, like he, he said he was sitting there watching a game. He loved Cleveland through and through. This is where he wanted to be. It's true. I and, mean, the more – oh, go, well, go one, ahead. One sec, and then I'll let you go. But we see – I see P. Rostan. I got his super chat in the queue. We'll get to that at the end. If you're from Cleveland, like if you're if you're a born and raised Clevelander, put in the chat what part of Cleveland you're from. I'm actually curious. See what different parts of the city we got people I'll start off. Yeah. I'm 148th and Lakeshore, born and raised in the 10th Ward. I see the up the ways. I see Par- the east siders. Parma, yeah, right him, off of the Tell him at you from Parma, baby. The dirty P, as we call it around here. Not no, it's girl. it's weird. This city, this city grows on you. Cause like even growing up as a kid, I was like, eh, I'm excited to leave. And then like as I hit my 20s, I was like, oh man, this place like okay. It's somebody else from Lake Show. We got some down away. Way Park 105. Is oh, we all right, we got one West Sider that I've seen. It's, wait, where's where's Way Park? Where's Wade Brooke Park? Park in, Brook Park in the building. There we go. West Park, Chagrin. St. Clair. Solon. <laughs> My oh. dad says South Carolina. I'm, I'll be in Solon on Saturday. I'll be in Solon on Saturday. Shaker, Rain. okay. Shout out to Warrensville Heights. Hey. Shout out to with the Collinwood, Cleveland Heights in the building. That Earl, yeah. Earl, you went there. My mom went there. Yeah, railroaders. East side man. represented in this. Yeah, railroaders. Cleveland. I'll just tell people I'm from Cleveland, though. I tell people I'm from Lakeshore. I tell people I'm from Lakeshore. Outside on my jersey, like the eight on my customized jersey, I I, I was raised on 148th and Lakeshore. That's what that eight represent. Are you guys coming with me to Solon on Saturday? Uh, Bree is in town this weekend with her puppy, so I don't think so. I got to work. I'm out. I'll touch bases with you and see see what's going on. Yeah, I'll be down there. Jay's playing in his. Senior League Baseball Championship. It's game seven of the Cleveland City Championship. They're playing somewhere in Solon. So, Jay on the mile. What do you say? Is Jay on the mile? 
Jay's pitching. Yeah, we're gonna. Yeah, he, yeah. So we're gonna get some. They, uh, I'm sad I'm missing it. But we're light them up. Uh, yeah, Jay said they won. You know what, Jay? We're not gonna talk about your baseball team. No one gives a crap about your baseball. We love you, Jay. We're not gonna. Yeah, no, not, we'll, we'll talk about it when we got the content to show it. But I'll be in Solon. Hey, it is cool, and we'll get back to Cream Hunt in one sec. But we asked what part of Cleveland you're from, where you're watching from, and I would say in in two minutes we got no joke. 25 to 30 different parts of Cleveland. People tune in all over the city. Like, that's dope. Like, yeah. like, like for real. And we, you know, I always say, I think I have the best job in the world. I work with the best people in the world. The fact that we get paid to do what we do every day, like, I, I wake up and it's a blessing. And to see people from all over the city tuning in, hanging out with us on a Wednesday night, like, that's awesome. Like, legit. So, oh, true awesome. story, man. Like, at, you can attest to this, man. Mike. You one of us now for real. Like I know you from Jersey. I know cry, like bro. you 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 was repping you was repping Texas hard like when I first met you. Man, but you you a Clevelander through and through. Listen, man, me and Ant can't go nowhere and they don't ask about this dude. Man, I'm sitting at Texas Roadhouse <laughs> eating dinner by myself, right? And I see somebody staring over at me and they're like, man, you Earl of Pearl from the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Comma, how's McNuggets? Like, can <laughs> this is this is how this go. I, you know what I'm saying? So, like, man, like it's insane. You, you are so famous. Say we a lot. Like, like McNuggets say we a lot now. He don't say y'all. He say <laughs> we a lot. Like, I the first time I got recognized was by one of our like very first members at a Monsters game. Oh yeah, super nice. I wish I could remember her name. I think it started with a J. But like, she was like, "It's so nice to meet you." Is McNuggets at the game here with you? <laughs> like, was the first question she asked. Hey, shout out to the guy this weekend. I didn't tell you on this. Uh, I texted you. I didn't say it on air. But last week, Jay accused me of being a very, very tiny person, which is just blasphemous. Not true. <laughs> I'm a very normal-sized person. I'm not tall by any means, but I'm also not objectively like, holy crap, this dude's tiny. And I uh, met a guy over in uh, <laughs> over on the hill in Little Italy, and he had hair just like Earl. And he stopped me. And he's like, yo, you're McNuggets, right? And I went, Miss Nuggets, and she's like, and she gets real embarrassed. I don't know why, but she gets super embarrassed. <laughs> I get recognized. So she turns around. And he goes, man, Jay did you dirty yesterday. <laughs> so that's my PSA to the people. I'm very normal sized. I shoot threes in the corner and hoops. I can't block a shot, but that's all. Uh, back to Kareem Hunt. We don't yeah, talk go for about it. this anymore. Uh, Kareem Hunt on the Browns. There was one more quote I want to bring up here, Earl, before we could pivot to some other uh, topics related to the Browns. But – Essentially, he said his number one goal is to come to Cleveland, help this team win a championship in his hometown. He wants to bring a championship back to Cleveland outside of the traditional duties of a running back, carries, screens, blocking. What else do you think Kareem Hunt can bring to this team to help elevate them to a level where they're competing for a championship? I mean, mentorship, right? I mean, that veteran mentorship. He's been around a block. He's played for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's played for the Cleveland Browns. He knows what success looks like, right? He knows how it is to play that position and do it damn well. And so I think he can bring mentorship to some of the young guys on the offense, not just in the running back room. A guy like Cedric Tillman, you know, uh, a guy like like David Bell. Of course, he can help out Jerome Ford. You know, of course, he's going to help out Pierre Strong. But, you know... I'm pretty sure Stump Mitchell will will lean on him as as sort of like that player coach, at least for that position group. So it's not just about what he can bring on the field. 
It's about what he can bring in a locker room, what he can bring in a field room, you know, what he can bring with, when it comes to team chemistry, you know, what he can do help helping these young guys who's not from the city navigate the city. Hell, we've had players uh, he getting in trouble or getting caught up in things that they shouldn't have. You know, a guy that's from here and, and know the ins and outs can probably help you navigate where you need to be, where you don't need to be, and what time you need to be getting your ass home. So it's like I think that he can bring a lot you know, and, and, and as, as far as like just other values outside of his play on the field. And, yeah. I don't, I don't know if I can add much more to that. I, the leadership was going to be what I went to like outside of his normal duties. I think these guys are just so excited to have that presence in the locker room that it's going to elevate them and they, they will play for 24. I think like I, this signing, I think will help them do that. Yeah. I think more than anything, he's a peace of mind to stabilizing Feature in the locker room, like a hey, is gonna be all right. That calming presence, that veteran, who, frankly, in the running back room, Jerome Ford and Pierre Strong have two total years of NFL experience combined. They were both rookies last year. They've played in two games each this year. I don't know how many games Strong suited up. I'm not sure exactly how many games Jerome Ford suited up, but I gotta imagine between the two, it's less than 24 games total in their careers, right? Like maybe they played 12 yeah. games last year, 10 games, whatever it was. Yeah. I think he just brings a veteran presence, a guy they can look to. Nick Chubb's still going to be in the locker room if they have any, uh, you know, if they have any questions. Nick Chubb is still a guy that they can turn to. I know Chubb had taken Ford under his wing this this training camp, which will be. I mean, frankly, I thought Ford looked pretty damn good on on, on Monday night, guys. Like, I know we talked a lot about Kareem Hunt here. I was pretty impressed with Kareem Ford when he had a chance. Like. Just plain, plain and simple. Hey, he definitely drinking a Kool Aid. He just called him Kareem Ford. Did I? Oh, <laughs> oh no, I think, I think, I think, given the circumstances, he played above expectations. That's yeah, for sure. Well, I saw earlier. This is one of the first comments in the chat. So last year we had Chunt. <laughs> this year, do we have Funt or do we have no. Horde? We already have Leroy Horde. So yeah, we got Leroy Horde. Horde Whatever we do, just don't say it on TV Friday because. Yeah, we'll get yeah canceled. that's a little too close. Hey, you know how you know how Bo was talking about today? Uh, he wanted to get his number back. Yeah. Do you guys know? Can, can you pick what goes on the back of your jersey? Like, can you choose what goes on the back of your jersey? Like right? name wise, as far as like your name. Yeah, does it have to be your last name? <laughs> if they, I'm, I'm pretty sure NFL got rules. Like, <laughs> if they let him put Chunt on his jersey, I Chunt. swear. Petition to put Chunt. If he's doing back for his brother, put Chunt on the back of your jersey. Yeah, I mean, he definitely got his number back, so he definitely feeling good about that. I- I'll tell you this. When it comes to uh, Jerome Ford, I thought he played decent, and maybe I'm I'm underselling it a little bit, but I thought he had that one big run, um, and it kind of boosted the stat sheet, and it kind of boosted how people viewed his overall performance. But I'm not going to say that he played bad. You know, he didn't turn the ball over. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure off the top of my head. I think his yards per carry was like, what, 6.4 something like that? Yeah, so like, I mean, that was that was inflated by the 70 It, it was run, inflated but... by, by that run, exactly. So, like, he didn't play bad at all, but, you know, we, we'll see how it go. I know that they love they love Jerome Ford. They they believe in his potential. Um, I remember Lewis Riddick uh, feeling like that Jerome Ford was, you know, one of those late-round picks that can turn into a star player. So, you know, they feel like they got a good player late, and we're going to see what they got. We, so we in see. the second – real quick, in the second half of the game last week, so the immediate aftermath of Nick Chubb happens. They catch their breath. They come out of the locker room. Jerome Ford had carries of 69 yards, 
seven yards, eight yards, 11 yards, nine yards, couple nothing or one or two burgers, and then another seven-yard carry. So I, I thought in the fourth quarter, he helped them move the chains, and I was disappointed he actually didn't get more carries considering how poorly the offensive line blocked. You know what I just thought about hearing you say that? It, it, Jerome Ford is not the problem. The offensive it, was line. Pierre, it, it was Pierre Strong. You know, it, it was Pierre Strong that made them say, okay, we we we, we need another running back yeah. in here. And that, yeah. dude, and that dude got hit hard on the one-yard line. I mean, he got hit hard, like. That that was crazy. He got and, stood up. Dude, and Evan, like, we see your question. Great question. We'll answer that in a sec. Yeah, yeah I'm, like that, I'm getting that, them all right wild. now, guys. So keep sending them. Yeah, that that, that was wild, man. He but, got stu- uh, you don't see dudes get popped like that. Like I, I'm I'm excited to see the one-two punch of Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt. You know, I didn't think we'd be here when <laughs> when we when we prep for this show at the beginning of the week, but here we are, and so. This is what it is. I'm, I'm excited to see it. It seemed like you bought in now. It seemed like you excited to see it. So, you know, go get your Kareem Hunt jersey before you go to the mini lot, man. I'll get a, I'll get a chunk jersey. I, you I need to go get a customized McNugget jerseys, man. We, we, yeah, we'll, we'll work. Me and Bull are working on it. We're trying to get uh, – I'll take you guys behind the scenes. We have a contact at Riddell. Well, actually, hold on. We have to have a production meeting. We're going to have a meeting on the air real quick. We ordered the white helmet. Do we send it back? Oh, wait, we ordered the white helmet? Yeah, we, we got the discount on the white helmet. Do we send it back? I bad luck. Nick Chubb got hurt in that white helmet. We can't put that on the set, can we? No, but we could keep it in our office because we want to decorate the new office. Yeah, but with the light. Uh, I don't know. That's a tough one. We, this, is behind the, this is behind the scenes of behind the glass. We actually have to figure out what are we going to do with yeah. this helmet. I think it's kind of cursed. Like, I, honestly, I don't think they could wear the – I know they're – they supposed to wear they went it against again? San Francisco. Yeah, they have to. I don't know if they can change that. They went it against San Francisco. I, I know that's not the team to wear. You can't be. <laughs> that's not the team to wear again. If they struggled against the Steelers' defensive line, um, I need to see a lot in the next three weeks before I feel confident about how that offensive line will hold up against the 49ers' D line. But I'm just saying, if you had the choice, and maybe they're contractually obligated to wear the the whites because they have a deal with dude wipes and all that. Earl, I think they got to retire the white uniforms. And I all think right, they so were beautiful. I thought they were beautiful, but you can't lose in the white uniforms. The the white helmet is definitely being viewed as a bad omen, man. But let's let's put a spin on it. That was the helmet that Nick Chubb went on, uh, had on when he went down, man. And um, and let's use it as a, as a motivational factor to honor our brother, man. <laughs> could we get I don't know. Mural? Let's just try to put a spin on it, man. Instead of the white helmet, could we get the white helmet with a mural of Jim Brown on one side and a mural of Nick Chubb on the other? If we can get somebody to put a mural of Nick Chubb and Jim Brown on that helmet, that's fine. Well, we have Robert Conley's our, our go-to UCSS artist. If anyone else in the chat has an artist who you think would be uh, capable of doing that, yeah, for us, that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna customize the helmet. Put it, put it in the yeah. chat, and I think we should do Jim Brown on one side, Nick Chubb on the Nick other. Nick Chubb on the other side. All right, someone said that's a terrible idea. You know, we'll well, we'll, we'll work it out. This we'll is workshop it. All right, we got some uh, super chats and some questions to answer here. If you are tuned in, hit that like button. We appreciate you guys. Seriously, to the hundreds of people in here, we cannot say thank you enough for spending some time with you. We really do do this stuff for you guys, and I said this earlier. I said this before. I do believe we have the best job in the world, and the fact that you guys keep tuning in is uh, is a blessing, and we can't say thank you enough. We love you guys. All right, first Super Chat question comes from P. Rothstein, 216. When you're going to work every day and you don't like upper management, your work performance will suffer. McNuggets, to be honest, I felt that about Kareem Hunt last season as well. Uh, I guess that was going back to when we were talking about Kareem. 
We'll see. Listen, I, I hope I'm wrong. I just didn't think he looked great last year. Maybe an off-season off, he is fully rejuvenated, fresh, and ready to rock in 2023. Next one comes from Cleveland, Cleveland. Cleveland squared, I like that. Uh, what happens in space? Kareem Hunt, let's get him in space, see what happens. Uh, Earl, Ant, what do you think happens when Kareem Hunt gets the ball in space? I do it as long. He, he's probably yeah. as hard as the, I mean, even last year, you could talk about the guards and carry being down. Like He's just like Nick Chubb, and that dude is hard to bring down. You ain't bringing him down by trying to tackle him high, and you really ain't bringing him down with just one person. So, All right, next one, Anthony. This is definitely a you one. <laughs> uh, this is from Creative Juice. Question, are any of you guys watching? Uh, Do you know how to pronounce that? No, give me a sec. And, uh, <laughs> Earl, are, you in the, are you in the chat? <laughs> what does it say? Well, uh, all right, I'm going to try pronouncing it. Then I are want any of y'all watching? Uh Ahsoka? <laughs> I'm just gonna say I don't watch none of that stuff. I don't watch Ahsoka? Star Wars, Star Trek. Ahsoka Star is, is it? Yes. Ahsoka is right. Nailed Ahsoka it. is correct. Yeah. Uh, the answer is no, but I know Anthony is. So Anthony. Yeah. Um, no, I'm I'm watching it. I'm all caught up. It's it's good. It's it's really good. If you're a casual Star Wars fan, I don't know if it's gonna be for you, but I like you got a turn. What's up? Go ahead, finish. I'm gonna oh, I was just gonna say turn. you at this point in Star Wars, you have to watch a lot of background, and I'm not even finished with all of it, but it's still very enjoyable, and I'll watch anything they put out. So, uh, Star Trek, and I have no idea what Star Crunch is. No, I learned the, I learned the term yesterday called comfort television, right? Comfort TV, and I found out that's what I watch. So, like my favorite TV series, I just binge binge watch them over and over. I watch The Wire, Prison Break. Power like the whole series, show. such an underrated. Yeah, that's one that I missed that I want to go back to. The first yeah. couple seasons of Prison Break. Yeah, Ooh. ain't nobody better than Michael Schofield, man. No, he's phenomenal. Yeah, that dude badass. All right, this is a great question. This is the kind of stuff that <laughs> only get answered here on Behind the Glass. It comes from Evan Four One Nine. He says, "Question for you guys: When Jay and Bull start arguing like they always do, what are you guys saying to each other in the back? We see Tyvis sitting there quietly laughing sometimes." Uh, let's go around the horn. Anthony, you can start. You can tell people from your perspective what goes on, and we'll all just give us uh, give our own two cents on what happens when those two go off. Uh, I'm either laughing at them, I'm laughing at Mike, because Mike, what you guys don't see, is sitting there like this the whole time they're arguing, uh, and then I'm usually just agreeing or disagreeing with Earl, like or <laughs> quietly saying, Jay, shut up, we need to move on, but he can't hear me, so that's what I do. I'm I'm pretty much, you know, if I'm not laughing, I'm frustrated because I'm trying to talk to Mike to set up my next clip and I can't talk to Mike because he put me on hold because he's trying to talk to Jay. And then I'm sitting up there like, man, would y'all be quiet? And I'm like, Anthony, he can't hear me either. So like sometimes we laughing and, and that's usually when we in a settled mood. But if we kind of locked in, we get pissed off. Like if y'all don't shut the hell up and let us do our job, man, like I know something. Yeah, Earl so, has Earl sits in the worst spot real quick to like get a hold of the two of us because Mike wears his headphone on the opposite ear, and so do I. So I can hear Mike, and Mike can hear the director, like director Steve. So Earl's all the way down to the end. And anytime he tries to talk to us, it's like what? And it, it's so funny because if all three of us is really locked in on what they're doing, like when they be trying to get my attention and I'm typing and I'm trying to clip, I'll be like, man, leave me alone. <laughs> just just let me finish doing what I'm doing. So yeah, so I guess. To give you guys context, you can see like like I'm on camera and you can see when I pan it over to Anthony and Earl, like we're we're kind of behind. It's not a big space, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You know, director Steve's to my left and Anthony's to my right, then Earl's two seats down on the right. And it's a pretty enclosed space. 
So there's not a lot of room. But what you guys don't see is, like, when Earl looks ahead, Earl's looking directly at a wall. Like, the window's cut off before Earl, and Earl (laughs) watches the show on a 30-second delay because he's clipping. So he's watching at the same time that the YouTube viewers are watching. I'm seeing in reality, and what and Jay can see directly at me. There's no visible barrier between my eyes and Jay's eyes. There's a box that my camera sits on that blocks out me looking directly at Bull. That's why uh, sometimes when we're doing games, you see me like leaning over to the side or asking people for their answers because I can't exactly see what Bull or whoever's in that that chair next to Bull uh, can do. I am constantly. I, they have IFBs. If you guys ever see them fiddling with their earpiece when an argument's happening, it's because they're taking out their IFB because they don't want to hear me tell them to shut up, move on for the 50th time. Which I do. <laughs> guys, move on. Guys, move. We got to get to the And got the nerve to get frustrated with Mike because he wants them to move on. And then, with that, I don't know what the big deal is about, man. And, like, and then listen, they start man. taking out the earpiece. So then the earpieces are out. So then I'm, I'm, I'm mute. They can't hear me unless I actually hop in. Then I start waving like this, like a used car salesman. They don't listen. Wait, they don't just wave in like this. The, the funniest thing in the world, and they don't notice this has happened when I've been lead producer, when Anthony's been lead producer, it happens to Mike all the time. We have pre-production calls, right? And and when Jay is in, Jay is on the call. Jay's the veteran. He Jay's and did this thing at the highest level. We'll tell you the direction of the show. We'll tell you how, what we what we think about the topic, which way we're going. No matter what we say. Whatever Jaden already predetermined in his head, that, that, that's how it's gonna go. And Jay is not gonna like talk back on the call. He's just gonna say, "All right, cool, I got it." Then he will come in on camera. I'm like, "Yeah, I heard you." Didn't think that was it. This is how, this is how it's gonna be. And like we sit there, like, "Okay, last, there goes there goes that ten minutes." TV debut for the TV debut last Friday. Which, by the way, we're back on this Friday. Thank you all for tuning in. Hope you guys liked it. We had everyone come in. We rehearsed the show three times. We had a big ass meeting. After the rehearsal that overtime that we showed you guys in overtime about exactly the topics we wanted to do on the show Friday. Exactly. Jay comes in. Jay changes the topic without telling anybody by accident. He goes, oh, yeah, I messed that one up after the show. My bad. It's like (laughs) – and and here's the reality, though. Sometimes they do go too far, and it drives me crazy. A lot of times it's thoroughly enjoyable, and you got to give them a little bit of rope. Because some of the best moments in UCSS history have yeah. been those two going at it. Yeah. However, there definitely is a threshold that gets crossed sometimes, and there's no bringing them back. And no matter what I do, no matter what we wave, try to say, when they get into it, it is like two alpha male heavyweight boxers throwing haymakers left and right. And it makes a lot of the show really fun. So, yeah, I get frustrated. I'm sure they get frustrated at me because they're in the heat of a battle. And I'm like, guys, we got to talk about this next thing because. That's what I told you we're gonna talk Hell, about. I got frustrated at Mike because Mike got frustrated with them. I was set up for oh, one. Oh, today, game. yeah, my bad. I didn't mean it. I didn't hey, mean I was so early. pissed. Like, man, no, I didn't just set myself all the way up for this. He like, hey, by the way, we ain't doing that. I'm like, man, no, you didn't. It, <laughs> like, no, yes, we it, are. <laughs> in Earl's defense, too, Mike looked at Earl twice and said, "This is the next topic. We're going here next." We're going to this topic. By the way, we're going to a different topic. But real quick, before we get too far off, one of the question, one of the part of that question was: We see Tyvis sitting there quietly. From my angle, if I lean a little bit to the left, whoever's sitting dead center or in the rotate chair when there's four of them, 
I can make direct eye contact with. <laughs> and every time I just look at Tyvis and I'm like, if you don't get them to settle down, it's yeah, it's hey, amazing. Me and Tyvis was cracking it's so up funny. Today. Me and Tyvis had an insider today when they were talking about Russell Wilson, right? And when Aditi was talking at looking at me because he's looking out and he sees Tyvis cracking up. And he like, man, what are y'all talking about? And like, it's a song with Quavo and Future. And Future take a shot at Russell Wilson. So I sent him a screenshot. He looked at it, he just bust out laughing. We have a lot of fun, man. And one thing, and it's funny, we just had this yeah. talk. Man, the entire, like, Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show team, producers, every every single panelist, like, we got some type of chemistry. I think we're all alphas. We're all honest with each other. We all respect each other. We can tell each other the truth. We have tough conversations without being disrespectful. And being able to have that type of chemistry and that transparency allows us to, like, create beautiful content and put on great shows, whether it be the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, Behind the Glass, uh, the Barbershop, or the Browns Post Game Show, just for you all. And so, you know, to have to be a part of a team like that, like, this is why we're able to do what we do. Hey, G, I see you in the in the chat. You don't, you don't have to put it up. I'm going to just say yes. I'm going to just say yes. I'm gonna, that's all I'm yeah, going to say. I fully agree, G. I, you, I, I saw I'm that not as gonna, well. I, those words are not going to leave my mouth, but I'm going to say yes. <laughs> they want to go find what I'm talking about. and even go find what I'm talking about, but yes. You are right. You I got right. one. I got one. Gee, story for you guys. Today too, I was in the gym's next to us real quick, and I was doing my normal like little warm up before the show. Tyvis comes in, pull downs like two fifty, and then just starts dancing around and singing. <laughs> Ty- I don't know that's, why. That's, that's just Tyvis. We'll rap about Ty- so Tyvis is the absolute best. Like I wish Tyvis was on the show more than twice a week. Tyvis should be, you know, as much as we get Tyvis, the better because he makes us all smarter. He's gonna be an absolute freaking superstar in the media world, but. We, co- we, we take the segment of Coach Tyvis for the TV show on Friday today after the regular show. That's why he wasn't on overtime. And it's something it's, – it's a, it's a different play. It's nothing we talked about today. It's a totally different play. Uh, and he did – I can't tell you what play it is because you got to find out on Friday. But Tyvis had to replicate getting tossed to a package with by Jay. So, you know, Jay, hey, let's go to Tyvis now for a breakdown of X play. Tyvis, who does everything on the first take, couldn't get past that <laughs> HJ without laughing hysterically in the studio by himself on like 12 different – I can't wait to show you all the footage in the morning. But he, he's just like, thanks, Jay. <laughs> do it again. Uh, we're good. You ready, Ty? Yeah, okay. Let's do it again. Well, thank you, Jay. Now, <laughs> let me do it. He did it like 15 times. He did one take to actually get the play breakdown in. It took him 15 times to say thanks, Jay, without laughing. That is what <laughs> so good. So good. <laughs> that 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 checks out. So. That checks out. G Bush, get healthy, my guy. We will yeah, see. Yeah, G. You we miss you, brother. I do believe G's gonna be on the uh, post-game show on Sunday, even though he's not in studio for the rest of the And my hours. G voice boy and my G Bush voice. What you mean? He better be on a on a post game show. If G can't make it, I guess you guys just get behind the glass number two because I'll sit there and do it. There we go. Uh, no. We appreciate you guys for tuning in. Kareem Hunt is a Cleveland Brown. Tomorrow on the show, we are talking about Hunt. We're talking about – all right, well, G said he had G has COVID. He put it in the chat. Yeah, G's got COVID, so hopefully he's back. Uh, G, thumbs up or give us a one if you'll be on a post-game show. Give us a two if you're not. G, one for yes, two for no. This is live. G can't even answer a text from me, by the way. Yeah, but he, he, he said, I need that bag. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm not guys, trying to take your spot. Saturday. That's fine. Get <laughs> <laughs> questions in. We will see y'all tomorrow on the Ultimate Cleveland. We are Holly, so Appreciate y'all. Peace. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.